remember George talking about the fact that what we were going to see in the film represents worlds that we hadn't seen, but that the music should give us some kind of an emotional anchor. We heard a, a romantic melody for Princess Leia, we heard uh, bellicose music for the battle scenes. Some very heavy declamatory thing for Darth Vader. To hear Johnny play the music for the first time is a thrill beyond anything I can describe. It was my first opportunity to work with the London Symphony Orchestra, which was a thrill to me. Red Five, I'm going in. Like Star Wars itself, the music in the film defied conventional wisdom. At a time when disco was burning up the charts, having a traditional symphonic soundtrack was another huge risk on Lucas's part. We really understood the genre that I was talking about. It's a group of composers that weren't that well looked upon in the 70s. There was a different attitude toward the old-fashioned symphonic and the scores. And I had a lot of music in the movie. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 528, A Musical Journey, Part 2. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Droopy McCool to my figure in Dan, we've got Carl LeClaire. Oh, I am Droopy. You are got you got that right, and I wish I was McCool, but I'll go with Droopy. <laughs> And here I am, just with a big head and a tiny little mouth going... <laughs> but your, your head is so big for those big brains you got to fit in there, Jason. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, I will say, I do have the shaved head to match the bith now, so... <laughs> What's a bith? There is that. What's a bith? Yes. <laughs> uh, oh my, my god, goodness. that's a callback and a half. That is a callback, you're right. Um, Jason, I'm so excited to be back to talk more Star Wars music. Um, you know, last week we had to, we had to take the week off. You were fine, but I was not fine. I was a very sad boy last week. <laughs> so had a really rough week last week. Uh, but uh, super excited to be back to talk. Uh, our musical journey through Star Wars continues with the original trilogy tonight. Um, and Jason, I had the, um, the, the good fortune to attend a concert last week at the Boston Pops. Uh, and it, the concert was called Star Wars, A Story in Music. And it was literally highlights from all nine Skywalker Saga films, which is, of course, what inspired this whole three-part series. Jason, I mean, I know I, I messaged you immediately after, and I even posted like a quick video on our Instagram story. This thing was one of the best experiences I've ever had with Star Wars. It was unbelievable. And I am so glad I was able to get there. I am so jealous. Um, I'm so happy that you got to go uh, and experience that because it sounds like it was fantastic. Everything that you were sending me, the set list looked incredible. Um, and I just wish that uh, I had the opportunity to go with you. Um, or, you know, this is this is also me just keeping my fingers crossed that they decide to package this and start shipping it to other symphonies around the country, and maybe I'll be able to experience it next year. Um, <laughs> you know, that's my wish and hope. Well, so yeah. <laughs> the thing that uh, I will say, I was super excited when I, I I got there a little early that night in hopes of buying some merch because uh, uh, when they did the Return of the Jedi in concert earlier in the year, uh, they had T-shirts for it and everything, and I was so excited to to get some merch for that. But this was actually part of a series. So the Boston Pops just this past month has done a series uh, as a tribute to John Williams. So this was part of that tribute series. They also did throughout the weekend as well. This past weekend, they did uh, a bunch of concerts just honoring all of his film scores. So you had highlights from you know Indiana Jones, 
um, E.T., Jurassic Park, Star Wars, all sorts of things. But this was the one concert dedicated specifically to Star Wars. Um, so that said, the only merch was like a John Williams tributes type stuff. Um, and while it was neat, it wasn't neat enough to buy. Like it was, it was just kind of a little bit of a boring logo. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to spend 25 bucks on this. But, uh, if it had been anything star Wars related, I I would have eaten it up. But all that to say, I mean, like I said, the concert was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And, uh, real quick, just before we start the episode, you asked me the night when I got home and I just want to share it on air as well. So my two favorite tracks that they played that night was Across the Stars, um, which I've only heard once live in concert, which was at the Star Wars um, Star Wars in concert, which was a touring event back in, I think that was in 2011 or, no, 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 2009, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which was, that was a minute ago. Uh, but yeah. I loved Across the Stars. Um, and the other piece that I absolutely was was amazing was Ray's theme. Um, when they finished playing Ray's theme, Jason, I kid you not, you could hear a pin drop. Like, I think people were just so blown away by the beauty of that piece. Um, and I, I still think it's my, it is by far the best piece in all of the sequel trilogy, if not one of the best pieces across all of the Star Wars uh, film soundtracks. But the, the audience was just it is yeah, amazing. It was so beautiful. And it was like it was like this three second pause as soon as they, they they wrapped the song where everybody was just sitting in stunned silence. And then I think it had the biggest uproar besides like the finale at the end of the show. Um, but Ray's theme really, really resonated with folks, which was awesome. Oh, that's I've never heard that one live. And it it seems, you know, just listening to it, obviously, off the soundtrack, it seems like it would be a showstopper of a concert piece. So, uh, and just getting to experience it live at some point would, would be amazing. So I'm really glad you got to do it. Um, I'm super glad the whole concert was put together because it inspired you to, uh, suggest this topic for us. Uh, and I've been having a ton of fun with it. We had, uh, obviously we did the prequels, we started off with the prequels uh, last episode. We're hitting the OT this episode, and then we'll wrap things up with the sequels uh, next time we do this. It won't be next episode, but next time we, we hit this. Um, but, Carl, I- I'm going to just say before we jump into it, picking the tracks for the <laughs> journey through the original trilogy it was, so was much harder, harder than, than I prequels. thought. Yeah, no, it's... And I wonder if part of that is just the fact that we've lived with these scores that much longer um, or or what it is. But there, it was so easy to me to pre, the, to pick my prequel songs. Like I, I, yep. I sat down. I'm like, yep, these are the six songs I want. And, you know, like we discussed two weeks ago, I obviously you and I had almost the exact same overlap between episodes two and three. Um And and here it is like I'm when we, we got together tonight and you sent me your list. I'm like, wow, we have a lot of different picks. (laughs) Um, And I just, I don't know. There's such a versatility to the original trilogy because I really think the original trilogy will always have this unique space in star Wars insofar as it was this really organic creation. And what I mean by that is this was a story George always wanted to tell. He went kind of all in on a new hope in hopes that he could get further stories. And he did. And it's almost like the music itself continues to expand on this wishful thinking. But when we did the prequel trilogy, right, the prequels, they were a set story. George knew what he, the story he wanted to tell, which probably made it easier for John Williams to tell an orchestral piece. Um, I think the sequels will be something similar when we get to that in a couple of weeks too, Jason, whereas that was a hot mess of a trilogy where nothing was planned. Um, and, uh, right. and, and thank God for John Williams to actually kind of give some sense of semblance to this kind of hot mess of a story. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting you say that, Jason, cause I found just like you putting together my list for the originals. Um, was very taxing because again, there's so, there's so many pieces that nostalgically that I really love, but it's like, but again, like keeping myself to that, to kind of the, the, the questions we were asking ourselves is, you know, how does this piece convey the theme of the, the film itself and how does it connect to all the other pieces? Um, I really think made me have to rewire my brain. And, and I will say of my six songs that we're going to talk about tonight, only two of them are like 
absolute favorites of mine. And again, that's not to say I don't like the other ones. There is not a piece of Star Wars music I do not enjoy, um, except for maybe the the piece from the Ahsoka show with Sabine riding her speeder. I just don't care for that piece. Um, oh, like Be- Beastie I... Boys in Space, not a fan of it. But other than that, there's <laughs> never been a piece of Star Wars music I, I don't love. I will say I I had the Ahsoka soundtrack on repeat last weekend, and uh, over time that one came on, I was bopping my head. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I love it. So, I love that you were. Yeah, it's fine in isolation. I just don't love it in the show. Fair, um, fair. But all that. Anyway, to say, enough about that. Enough about uh, that. Let's should... get into our original trilogy tracks. Uh, we're gonna we're just gonna dive right in, Jason. I'm gonna cue you up first because you have the first chronological piece. Um, so, folks, we we did our best to try and pick tracks that are available on Spotify. Uh, like I said last week, we're building out a playlist of all of our picks so that you can listen through our musical journey if you so choose. Uh, at the end of this series, uh, we'll make that that playlist public for y'all. Um, but that said, I, so I tried to limit myself to tracks from that, which overall I didn't have any issues with, but there was one piece, Jason, you had to put on here and I'm so glad that you did, but it, but it, it of course comes from the expanded score from the 1997, uh, special edition release, the two disc sets of all of these, which is still to be fair. That's my favorite version of all the original trilogy scores. Um, but Jason, what is our first piece we're going to, we're going to hit on tonight? Uh, well, it may be the most iconic piece of Star Wars music of all time. It is uh, the hologram slash binary sunset uh, from A New Hope. Uh, of course, you know, in the mo- movie, this takes place with Luke walking out uh, out of the homestead to watch the binary suns set. And we really get our first full uh, expression of the Force theme as he looks away to the future to the horizon uh never his mind on where he was what he was doing uh sorry that's yoda from the next movie but uh (laughs) it really is true you know this is this is uh luke yearning for adventure and the music is calling him out to that you know we've had the tragedy of anakin skywalker and this is the calling of his son to adventure to become a hero the hero that his father ended up failing to be uh and and this piece of music in the in the way it's played in the movie it really does convey that sense of of earnestness uh and that sense of longing that is about to just thrust luke into the story of galactic events uh, and and it really is one of these things that I feel is is key to the musical story of the original trilogy because it is sort of the inciting musical incident, if you will, uh, that that really accelerates the story into the hero's journey that Luke goes on. Yeah, I like I said, I'm so glad you put this on here because um, my first pick, which I'll talk about in a second here. Certainly has elements of all of those things. But yeah, I mean, just that that short statement of the force theme as Luke looks out at the the binary sunsets, it it really captures so much of the feeling of this movie. Um, Always important to remember that A New Hope is the third movie of George Lucas's within a decade that are all stories about young people yearning for something more. Right. He started that with THX 1138 the story of, of trying to break free of a system that impedes your sense of self. Uh, and then a few years later, making American graffiti, which is the story of all these young people graduating high school, trying to find their way in the world. And then you get a new hope. Once again, this story of a young boy on a farm yearning for something more. And, and in a really beautiful way, the force theme kind of, kind of encapsulates the feeling of all three of those films in a really special way of, that was George in his you know early to mid twenties as this young man looking to break free of the limitations of the world in which he grew up, um, and I think that's why that piece resonates so much. And always worth noting that, of course, in nineteen seventy seven, John Williams conducted this piece to be the Ben Kenobi theme. Right? It wasn't initially the right. Force theme; it was the theme for Obi Wan. 
Um, and for any of you who have access to the, uh, again, that, that special edition version of the soundtrack from 97, they, they give us the alternate takes that John Williams had actually composed for that scene of the binary sunset. And, uh, they're very ominous and melancholy. They're, they're very much a downbeat, but George asked John to put this in there instead because he wanted it to be this moment of, uh, of, of longing for something more, something beyond yourself. And I think, that's really what a new hope is all about is is growing outside of the confines of the mundane um and i think that's what launched so many young hearts into that galaxy far far away absolutely for sure well uh what's uh what's next on our journey carl yeah what's uh, our next stop <laughs> <laughs> our next stop is off of uh so uh is is a track called the return home and this is just a little bit later um, which, of course, is the piece of music as Luke and Obi-Wan roll up on lots of dead Jawas <laughs> and um, uncover that this is, you know, the, the workings of the Empire. And, and I, the reason I wanted to select this track is because, again, I was thinking about this is, again, thinking in the context of the, the what you and I are doing across this series is I wanted to continue where we left off with the prequels. So the prequels, we ended with the Battle of the Heroes, right, which is, of course, this incredibly high energy epic piece and i'm bringing it to a a track called the return home because it starts in this very uh minor key place and and it's so much of what a new hope is kind of about it's this it's this story that starts on a downbeat the story opens with the bad guys winning um and everything's not going well um but this track also has a very earnest statement of the Force theme as Luke returns home. Um, and to me, that's really what this this piece of music is all about, is it really showcases what A New Hope is trying to tell us. It's the, it's the earnest story of a young man seeking to be a hero, seeking to become somebody more. And as he, you know, uncovers the tragedy of the sins of his father, if you will, uh, in the decimation of, of the life he knew. It's this, this kind of emotional piece of him accepting his fate, accepting that there is more to life that he has to step into. Um, so that's really where I wanted to, to take us next was, um, it's this, this story of earnestness to become something more, to become the hero. It is interesting that it is called Returning Home, or the the track, uh, the Mm -hmm. Return Home or Returning Home, um, because Luke has just had his entire worldview shifted uh, by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, The whole idea of the Force, uh, information about who his father was, all of this. This has been sort of a, you know, in a quiet way, a bit of a monumental shift to to Luke's identity, Luke's knowledge of the world around him. And when you kind of when you come across something like that, it's very hard to return home. Mm. Uh to return to back to where you were comfortable before. And and on this journey sometimes you try to go back and it's just not the same. And obviously, you know, the the music kind of takes us through the uh, a brief, you know, grieving portion as Luke not only grieves the loss of his his home, but his aunt and uncle. Uh, but then it also gives us a very de- definitive, determined, uh, you know, look as he essentially decides to pledge himself to whatever it is this this force uh, that on Kenobi has talked about and that he's going to become, you know, as he says later on, I want to be, you know, learn the ways of the force to become a Jedi like my father. He can't go back. So he has to move forward and he accepts that. And the, the piece not only takes us through the, the sorrow, but also gives us a bit of the, the determination as it wraps up. So um, I, I really like that, that pick. I'm glad you included it. Yeah. And worth noting that that, particular statement of the force theme as he sees his his murdered parents um it's the exact same piece of music that is used when ray catches the lightsaber in force awakens um again john williams wanting to convey this is the death of your old way of being and and the rebirth into something new uh which is really really cool 
Um, but Jason, I'm going to actually do our next track just to kind of continue chronologically here. Um, but the next piece for me um, is, I think, the most beautiful track in A New Hope. And it is, of course, Pr- Princess Leia's theme. Uh, man, <laughs> this was a this was a track actually, Jason, for years. I never really gave much attention to. I don't know why, because it's a very romantic piece, <laughs> um, which is kind of my jam. Um, <laughs> but it, it was really The Last Jedi that helped me to capture a, a real love for this piece of piece of music uh we get a really big statement of it when when leia comes back to life <laughs> floating in interstellar space <laughs> um but bringing this back to a new hope really wanted to include it because i think just as important as as luke is to this story is leia right and and continuing in our musical journey we are going to follow the story of padme and anakin's children now it's up to mm-hmm. them to undo the horrors that their father has re- has kind of ravaged across the galaxy. And what I love about Leia's theme is there's something very pure and beautiful to it. it. It kind of reminds me in a sense of Anakin's theme from episode one. Again, it's not the same. They're not even necessarily the same notation, but there's there's this sense of purity to it. But unlike Anakin's theme, there's a sense of nobility to it, right? Anakin's theme almost has a bit of naivete. Leia's theme, there is no naivete to it. It's this kind of determined uh, royal character who's going to stand up to the galaxy. Um, And I think it kind of captures a sense of nobility that has been extinct from the galaxy with the Jedi. You know, this sense of, of... noble rightness that is inherent in this piece of music is a reminder that something that was lost to the galaxy is returning in the person of of Leia. Um, And as the track kind of goes on, it reaches this point where it kind of starts to soar towards the end of the piece. You know, the, the strings really go nuts. They're hitting these really high notes. And to me, it's this beautiful statement that in A New Hope, uh, we are invited to transcend every adversity, right? That's what Leia represents, that there's there's no tragedy, there's no struggle that she can't soar above. Um, so that was why I wanted to include this piece on the on this journey. No, it's it's a really beautiful piece. Um, it is uh, it is a, a bright, beautiful spot in the galaxy that the empire has not crushed yet. Uh, and and sometimes all it takes is one little plant to grow and to push through, you know, the concrete jungle, if you will. Mm. Uh, and it can it can have a an amazing effect on its surroundings. And and Leia, in a sense, is that uh, to the Galactic Empire. She's she's this bright spot, this spot of hope, the spot of beauty, um, and their strength in that beauty strengthen that nobility uh it is kind of funny that the most feminine thing about princess leia uh and carrie fisher is the theme uh for her uh she she's very boisterous and spunky uh which is all great but it, she's uh it there is there's still strength and and nobility in that beauty in that femininity that she sort of encompasses all of this and she really is She's a bright spot, something that Luke is drawn towards. Um, you know, it, he's sort of drawn to that. Obviously, you know, the hologram happens. You help me, Obi-Wan, can I be my only hope? And who is she? She's beautiful. Um, and, you know, back off, Luke, just a little bit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but she is that, that sort of beacon of hope um, out there that Luke is drawn towards and that inspires him to to take that that step into a larger world, if you will, uh, in some sense. So I'm glad you have it in here. It just felt right. <laughs> it, it definitely does. But uh, the final track that we have on our journey through the, A New Hope, in, at least, is uh, the second one I picked, and that's Ben Kenobi's death and the TIE fighter attack. Uh, and I picked this one because it, it kind of combines a lot of the different things that we've talked about. It has, you know, obviously a statement of the Force theme, a uh, statement of Princess Leia's theme uh, as they, they rush away 
and she's there to to comfort Luke. And then it swings into uh, the conflict. And not, not only is it, you know, obviously just a, a fun action piece, but it is it is really the moment that our three heroes, you know, Han, Luke, and Leia, really get to team up and work together uh, all on the same page for the first time. You know, because they're, they're still kind of, you know, they're, they're two separate groups uh, running through the Death Star, uh, and they come together at the very end, and they're always bickering and kind of at each other. But this time, they're all united, and uh, they have to, you know, fight to, to save themselves from these TIE fighters. And it does bring together that sort that sense of adventure uh, that we, you know, we're longing for with my first track, the, the binary sunset. Uh, and it kind of brings it all together and gives them this moment of our, our big three standing together uh, against the odds um, as they, they make their way through all these challenges and uh, they, they make it, they win this day, uh, but the war is long and uh, we'll see what happens next. What a great piece, Jason. Um, and, and, you know, this action cue of the TIE fighter attack has been used several times throughout Star Wars now. I mean, you get it in the battle for Endor as they're, you know, flying into the Death Star 2 trench. You get it as Chewie's flying through the planet of Crate in Last Jedi. You get it in mm-hmm. the, the uh, Kessel Run piece during uh, Solo. It's, it's used a lot. <laughs> um, yes. But you're right. Like it, it's this it's this piece of music that conveys a sense of high adventure, which is so much what A New Hope is all about. That you know, as we kind of continue our story off the prequels, the prequels end on such a downbeat, and now you have this sense of fun and adventure. And that fun and adventure is, of course, tempered by the sense of loss. You know, this piece of music begins very tragically with the death of with Obi Wan's death. Um, but then it kind of gives way into the sense of adventure. Like you said, it's kind of the torch has now been passed to these young characters and, and their mm-hmm. optimism and, and, and jubilance will, will kind of see through the fight now. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and just as an aside, it might be my favorite track from all of a new hope. Um, so that may have had some influence, but I did think of it in terms of, of the story and the journey that we're, we're going on, but uh, no, it, it's a fantastic piece. And um, I really do think it, it served the purpose for the story that I, I wanted to make sure we, uh, we told, um, but I think it's time, Carl, we, uh, we move on into the middle of this trilogy. Uh, and this is where everything goes wrong, Carl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you, you kind of can't talk about the Empire Strikes Back without uh, the Imperial March. <laughs> you know, um, probably the most iconic piece in Star Wars right up there with the main theme, right? Uh, the Rebel Fanfare um, is the Imperial March. But more than just being a popular song at football games at college stadiums or... <laughs> You know, wherever else you might hear it in the in the everyday world, it's such an integral part of the Star Wars musical story. Um, to me, it's the fact that so much of the track is it's blaring trumpets and horns, you know, which are instruments often used for her- heroic characters. But this entire piece is kind of played in a minor key, so a reminder that this is a villain's theme, and yet there's something weirdly heroic about the villain. I mean, I I dare say heroic, but there's something really calling your attention to the fact that there's, there's royalty at least to this villain. And, and I love how, you know, of course the piece is, is very militaristic. It's very imperialistic with its March attitude. Um, but it's also, you know what else it is, Jason? It's also earnest, just like Anakin. Mm-hmm. And even though Anakin has become Darth Vader, there's still a sense of Anakin's uh, headstrong rush into the future. And that's so much of what The Empire Strikes Back is from Vader's story, right? This is this is the first story in the original trilogy where Vader actually becomes a character and not just a caricature. You know, in A New Hope, he's kind of just a caricature. Um, but now he becomes he becomes a character who has desires, who has drive. And what is his drive? Well, it's to capture Luke. It's to, you know, forge his path forward. And I think this piece of music does that so well. Is there's such a drive to it, and there's such a uh, 
a forward movement, which is very, very Anakin like <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah, you can't talk Empire Strikes Back and not mention the uh, the Imperial March. Yeah, now this is one of the ones that we both picked. Um, and so I'll just piggyback off of this. It, it, it is uh, not only is it obviously the the identifier for, for Darth Vader, but it really is a big part of the story of the Empire Strikes Back because it keeps coming. As you said, it's earnest. It's it's forward moving. It's unstoppable. Uh and and that's part of what ha- what's going on. It's relentless because it keeps coming back. Not only is it uh, just there is barely any time to breathe just listening to the track in and of itself. There's that there's one little section, but it you know that really kind of uh, ramps up pretty quickly. But just throughout the entire score of the Empire Strikes Back, you can't escape it. Uh, it's everywhere. It's all over the place uh, because it really is like the Empire is everywhere and our heroes are on the run and they're in danger and it's Darth Vader who's putting them in peril. Uh, and everywhere they turn, you know, dun, 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 you know, it's like walking through levels of a video game and you turn a corner and you hear the music change and it's like, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it really is uh, this... You know, after the the successes that our heroes had in a, a New Hope, the Empire is clamping down. It wants to snuff that that hope out. It wants to crush it. Uh, Vader wants to capture Luke and and turn him off of his path to become a Jedi, to become a hero. Um, and he will use Luke's friends in Han and Leia. Uh, to do that and you know they get they get captured and this this theme this presence uh that Darth Vader's theme the imperial march you know conveys is just everywhere and all encompassing and so there's there's just no way that we could talk about the empire strikes back um without mentioning this because it it really is one of the biggest driver drivers of everything that happens in the story at this point. So, mm. yep. Uh, well, and then as we kind of move along, my next pick, uh, and your and your pick will come after it. Is they're once again similar, but um, I wanted to pick uh, which. This is my favorite song in all of Star Wars, and it is Yoda's theme, um, and <laughs> quite the counter to the Imperial March of Darth Vader's theme. You know, there is such a sense of serenity and peace to this. Uh, And I think, you know, Yoda's theme provides one of the most integral elements of The Empire Strikes Back, which is a sense of spirituality. Uh, This is why The Empire Strikes Back will forever be my favorite, I was going to say Star Wars movie, but it's, it's that and my favorite movie of all time. Um... Yoda's theme is really this sense that what the galaxy is missing, what the galaxy needs, is the sense of spirituality. Um, and, you know, what I love about Yoda's theme as well is that there is almost this sense of innocence to it. Uh, and, and as the track kind of goes on, there's even a sense of, like, whimsical nature that captures the person of Yoda at this point in his story. You know, he's coming off of the worst experience of his 800 years, and yet he's still able to hang on to a sense of humor, hang on to a sense of whimsy, that everything will be right with the world again. Um, This piece of music conveys that the spirituality of the Force still wraps up the Skywalker story, that things moving forward will get better. And I love this piece for that. Uh, and I think the last thing I'd want to mention is that there is also, again, a sense of, of purity to this piece. Um, something very simple and pure and something we haven't really felt since the Phantom Menace. So I love that just kind of dropped into the midst of this chaotic story of our heroes being defeated and being chased is this sense of serenity that all will be right with the world 
because the force is still part of our story. That's what I love mm-hmm. Yoda's theme for so much. I, I, it's such a beautiful piece. It's so magical and playful and whimsical and peaceful. Um, just to, you know, piggyback off of what you were, were talking about. Um, and it is worth noting that in the midst of some of the, the hardest times that our heroes have had, uh, you know, since they, they all joined the Rebel Alliance, it takes Yoda, who went through the Jedi Purge and the rise of the Galactic Empire, uh, and all of the personal tragedy wrapped up within that, uh, in addition to the Galactic tragedy, to come along and buoy our heroes, to buoy Luke, to give him guidance, and to reconnect him in a much deeper level to the Force. Um, passing on the lessons that he's learned, uh, but knowing that it's not his lesson to live at this point. You know, in a sense, this is also Yoda passing the torch um, as well. And to just kind of bolster all of that, I want to go into to my second pick for mm-hmm. The Empire Strikes Back, and that's Yoda and the Force. And this is, uh, you know, more of a, a narrative piece, if you will, than a theme piece. Um, and it it's what plays when uh, Luke tries to lift the X-Wing out of the swamp and fails. And we get, as Carl likes to call it, Yoda's dissertation on the Force. And we <laughs> We really get the the understanding and the exp- not explanation, but the the connection to what the larger view of the the force is and and what it's capable of, and the simplicity and purity and complexity and all of that that it is all at once. And then you know, so we get a great statement of the force theme. The force is here and within all of this. And then we have Yoda's theme as he actually demonstrates and gives Luke the tangible example that he needs to see that things are possible because Luke doesn't believe it. He, you know, he literally says to Yoda, you ask the impossible, maybe, but the force can make the impossible possible. And it, you know, Yoda lifts the X-Wing out of the swamp. Luke is definitely, you know, a renewed sense of hope and optimism takes him. Uh, and he says, you know, I don't believe it. That's why you fail. Obviously that he's still teaching through all of this. Uh, and, but I like, even though even this piece ends with a statement of the Imperial March, because it, it goes off to Vader's search for, for Han and Leia. Um, and it's just sort of this nice reminder that even amongst all of the chaos and the storm raging around, that you can still find that peace and find that connection to the Force. Uh, and that's what will sustain you through all of it. I love this piece, Jason. I'm so glad you picked it. Uh, and I think, you know, I think you and I, even though we pick different tracks, are kind of hitting the same thematic element of Empire, right? This this yeah. sense of of simple spirituality is kind of a counter to, to all this darkness in the galaxy. Um, and something I really enjoy in this piece that you mentioned kind of right at the end of it, we do get a quick statement of the Imperial March. It's used so perfectly, again, narratively, because it, it comes right after Luke says, I don't I don't believe it. That is why you fail. And then, boom, the Imperial March. And then, of course, we do cut to a scene with the with Vader. But still, like, it's so perfect that the, what will knock Luke off of his balance will be temptations to the dark. You know, the temptations of doubt, right? That Luke is yeah. finding a sense of grounding and faith in the Force here with his training with, De- uh, with, with Yoda. But... All it takes is a little bit of self-doubt to knock him off off his wheels, right? And and, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that's kind of narratively what this piece of music is doing for us. Yeah, the the unbelief uh can can rock anybody's foundation. Uh and so this is all about 
making sure that foundation is strong. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, we got one more hop, skip, and a jump, and we are into uh, Return of the Jedi as we wrap up the original trilogy, Carl. Uh, where are we starting? Well, we'll start with the track you and I agree on. Uh, we shouldn't say agree. It's not like we disagree on other things. We just have different flavors. <laughs> but we both right. we both chose, and I know this is one of your favorite tracks in, in Star Wars in general. Um, it's one that I really appreciate, but it's never been a favorite. Um, so depending on what version of the soundtrack you have, but... Uh, the version on Spotify, as well as the original 1983 vinyl cut, calls this piece of music The Return of the Jedi. Um, and it is the piece of music at the Sarlacc Pit, which starts with very declarative horn statements. Um, and what I love about this, Jason, is to me almost these these horns are kind of calling our attention as an audience to like, hold on a second, take notice. There is about to be a change of affairs in the galaxy. Um, and then boom, we get this rousing statement of the rebel theme, Luke Skywalker's theme. You know, our hero is here now. I'm gonna grab a lightsaber. Um, you know, so it's it becomes this really big, kind of exciting piece. Um, and it really recaptures this sense of fun and adventure that a new hope promised us, you know, empire strikes back kind of bogs things down a bit with kind of the heavy tones of Vader's hunt. Um, you know, the, the heavy sense of responsibility Lucas faced with on Dagobah. But now once again, Luke has kind of come into his own. He's come into a sense of himself and this sense of fun and adventure has found its way back into our story. Yeah, absolutely. It's it really is. You know, we've been given hints uh, throughout the movie thus far of of Luke's uh, increased skill and ability as a Jedi, and finally we get this moment where we finally get to see him put it all together and put into action uh, as he ba- as he leads the the rescue and escape of of all of our heroes from Jabba the Hutt and his gang of goons. Um, as they uh, battle the way away from the Sarlacc pit. Um, and it's just such a, a wonderful statement. And it's not, not only is it, you know, a heroic theme, you know, because Luke is the hero and it's, it's, it's time to, to really bring the hero fully into the light and reveal him as the hero that he is, that he's been training to be, you know, this is uh, a, in a sense, our first look at the the culmination of all of the training and the hardships that he's gone through in the last couple of movies. Um, and we finally get to see how it's paying off. Uh, but it's also sort of a, a, a hope and a, and a light out to the galaxy that, Hey, you know, the goodness and the, the, the justice that the Jedi bring might be making a return to the galaxy now. So, uh, and it's it's just great to kind of have that all expressed in this really fun action cue uh, as as Luke takes up his saber for the first time in the movie and and really gets to work um, after warning Jabba many times not to do this because <laughs> you know it'll be the last mistake you ever make um, and it was that's what I often, <laughs> that's what I often say when I get a, a rejection letter from a you know a job interview I'll be like that's the last mistake you'll ever make. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but yeah it's it's a it's a great a great piece and carl i love how you said that the the stabbing trumpets at the beginning are really sort of like a, a call to attention mm. uh to kind of like get everybody to, to stop and focus uh, as to what's about to happen because it is a moment while it's a small moment on a backward world where very few people are ever going to see what happens it's a big moment for the galaxy and a really big moment for our heroes as they all come together once again um, as a team. So, yeah. Um, and I'm going to just kind of towards the back end of this piece. Um, I wanted to highlight how the music kind of all starts to come together. It's this big kind of symphonic statement here late in the, in the track as everything kind of happens, you know, Luke and Leia swing to safety. They get the droids and all the music becomes this kind of harmonious upbeat of a, of a track where uh, 
It really showcases the fact that these heroes, when they come together and work together and rely on one another, there's nothing they can't accomplish together. And and the music really conveys that sense of of the wonder of the these friendships. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really fantastic and uh, just such a done in such a spectacle that's really fun and entertaining, but also uh, tells a lot of, of the story of the characters and of this moment in particular. So, yeah. Yep. Um, well, uh, as we kind of continue into return of the Jedi, Jason, uh, we have a couple of different tracks here towards the end of the movie. Uh, but for me, the other piece of music that I really wanted to, to track in this musical journey is uh, Luke and Leia's theme, which of course is just titled Luke and Leia. <laughs> um, I mean, personally love this piece. It's one of my favorite Star Wars pieces of music. Um, but I think the reason I really wanted to include it on the list here is it, it has such a sense of romantic maturity. And when I say romantic, again, I don't mean uh, like, uh, romantic love in the sense of, uh, you know, like husband and wife or, or, you know, romantic partners. But for John Williams, this is a romantic piece, but it's this, it's, it's a piece that captures a sense of platonic love, the type of love that siblings can share, the type of love that close friends can share. And I think that the Luke and Leia theme was so important to me because it's kind of the counterbalance to the Battle of the Heroes. The Battle of the Heroes is this tragic piece about the death of platonic love between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Luke and Leia is the redemption of that broken love. It's these siblings and their shared vulnerability and their shared growing into a sense of self and maturity that is going to right the wrongs that came before them. Uh, I think that's what's so important to me about this piece is unlike the tragedy of Anakin and Obi-Wan, the story of Luke and Leia is one of trust and vulnerability and and openness and honesty. And that's such a theme of Return of the Jedi is a sense of growing into self, about being completely honest about who you are and where you come from and not being afraid of it and moving forward in, in light of it sometimes. Uh, so that's what Luke and Leia's theme really conveys to me. And it's just such a strong element to Return of the Jedi. That's really a fantastic way to look at it. Not one I'd considered before. So thank you for that. Um, I'm definitely going to have to think about it more, you know, that, that it is sort of a counterbalance to the battle of the heroes. Uh, and I'm really going to have to go back and listen to those uh, with that in mind um, in the future. Cause that's a very interesting way to look at it. I, this is a beautiful theme. It's a beautiful piece of music. It's not one that I generally gravitate towards, so I'm really glad that you have it on here. But it is key. It is important. It's, you know, it's a, a theme that's not played terribly often. But when it does, it's it's important. It's key. And obviously this is played primarily in Return of the Jedi when Luke reveals uh, the familial relationship that he and Leia have. Um and how that changes their relationship and their dynamic. And it it's jarring, uh, and it's uncomfortable, and it's weird, but it also strengthens the two of them together in this this bond that that really is stronger than anything else they've had before. It makes them a, a duo, a pair that has a, a forged connection. It really kind of completes the link in that that forged chain that they have that will never tear them apart. Um, and the two of them, as long as they're working together for the same ends, really cannot accomplish things or cannot uh, help but accomplish the things that they put their mind to. Um, and it's because of their, that strength, that reliance on each other um, and that trust in each other that really is forged in all of this uh, and obviously is something that, that Luke thinks about and relies on, I think, uh, when he faces his ultimate challenge against Vader and the Emperor. So, yeah. And, you know, you made a, you made a, a really good point, Jason, that this, this piece of music is actually not in the movie that much, but I mean, we don't actually hear it for the, until 
Luke and Leia are having their discussion on the the footbridge in the Ewok village. It's the first time you ever hear it. It's kind of, you know, again, when it's revealed what their their family lineage and their connection. And you really only hear it again kind of late in the movie when Leia tells Han about her lineage to Luke. And then you don't actually hear it again until Last Jedi when Luke shows up on Crate. Um, but yeah, it is. It's to me, it's still such an essential piece. Um, and I think the last thing I wanted to mention about it uh, that I that I forgot to say a minute ago was there is very much a lullaby like feeling to it. Um, mm. it. It very much rocks back and forth. You know, the notes uh, there is that melon melancholy middle section for sure. But so much of the main um, uh, motion of this particular track is one of a lullaby. It just this mm-hmm. gentle rocking back and forth. And it's it, to me, it's almost like Luke and Leia coming together. They become this lullaby for one another that in their shared story, in their shared history that they are just uncovering, they grow into the, a more deeply full part of themselves. And there's a safety in that. There's a safety in their shared vulnerability that is very lullaby like, which I find quite beautiful. It's also something that perhaps out there in the future, there are mothers and fathers uh, telling bedtime stories to their children about the heroics of Luke and Leia uh, all throughout the galaxy. Uh, And and that lullaby perhaps plays as the the heroics and the the love that they have for each other and their friends uh, makes for the stuff of great bedtime story. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, all right, Jason. Well, what is our last track through our original trilogy story? Well, I'm sorry. I had to bring it back to a big action. Don't cue. you dare um, apologize for this, Jason. It is a great piece. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, and depending on the soundtrack you're listening to on Spotify, it's called um, Into the Trap. Uh, on the, the larger expanded score, it's the battle for Endor 1. Uh, and this is, of course, the kickoff to the Battle of Endor. It begins, you know, with uh, Han, Luke, and Leia infiltrating the shield bunker, the rebel fleet coming out uh, over Endor to attack the Death Star, uh, the Emperor uh, taunting Luke about the the trap that has been sprung, and, you know, the forest battle beginning. It's all of this happening. Uh, now, why did I pick this, this piece? Because it has a lot of the the themes and the energy that will carry us into the finale, into the, the conclusion of this story. You know, it's got a lot of the, the heroic themes of the rebel Alliance, our heroes, uh, the Ewoks are at work. You also get the emperor's theme, uh, weaving its way through all of this, uh, as an ominous and sinister presence. Um, and, and it really is this thing that, you know, they, it all, this is the kickoff to what carries us to the end of the story and the heroic victory that the rebels and our heroes have um, in destroying the Death Star and destroying the Emperor, for now at least. Um, but uh, I, I, I couldn't find anything else that kind of had all of the various threads in it uh, that I wanted to sort of bring together and wrap up this section of the story other than this track. Um, I wanted something that's, that had a bit more of a conclusion to it, but there's nothing that really gave me that uh, in, in, a, in a better way than than this track did. And not only is it does it have all of these themes weaving back and forth as, as things are kicking off and things are, are you know, the battles are raging back and forth, um, but it really is just a fantastically great piece of music in and of itself as well. Um, so, uh, and it really, the, the energy, the chaos, the uh, determination that fuels this, this mad rush of a piece of a 10 of an almost 10 minute track of music uh, is has so much of, of the, the energy and the themes that, you know, bring together the last act of return of the Jedi. Um, so that's why I really wanted to, to include this in here uh, as we concluded uh, our journey through the original trilogy. 
Yeah. I love it, Jason. I mean, it's uh, of all there's three Battle of Endor tracks, <laughs> you know, on that expanded special edition score. Uh, and I got to say, this is this has always been my favorite. And I really just mm-hmm. want to latch on real quick, just reiterate because I don't have much to add, but reiterate what you were saying about that sense of determination. And there is almost a sense of chaos to it, you know, as they as they show up with this determined front of all right we've got the plans we're ahead of schedule we we know something the enemy does not and then boom the trap is sprung uh Mm -hmm. and they realize they're actually one massive step behind and yet throughout that entire piece is this sense of determination and i think in a lot of ways that piece of music and that 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 feeling really harkens all the way back to the opening of a new hope you know this small little rebel uh ship fleeing a massive imperial star destroyer there's the rebellion has been nothing short of determined the entire time and once again you know here in this this final battle they're not going to give up there is they're just going to keep throwing all this determination at it until victory or death really (laughs) you know they're not going to stop until they've either won or have lost completely Uh, and i think this 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 track really beautifully showcases that yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, I wanted I wanted something that was going to put like a, a nice little uh, bow on the end of it. Uh, but, you know, uh, I feel like the movie does that in and of itself. Uh, so I just had to sort of get us to the point where the conclusion would happen on its own, I suppose. Um, but uh, I, I love it. I love the piece of music. And like I said, it, it has a lot of the different themes that have to come together uh, running through it. Um, and all of the different elements and factions um, that have allied themselves in this what could be final stand. Um, the trap is, you know, it's you know, it's obviously a trap. Well, what do we do? Spring the trap, um, <laughs> I suppose. Nice <laughs> to, <laughs> to bring it back to Anakin and Obi Wan. Um, but uh, even though it is a trap, they have to fight their way through it, and they're able to ultimately succeed in the end. Uh, and that's that's really kind of the the journey that we get to at the end of Return of the Jedi. I love it. I love it. Um, well, there you go. There's part two of our musical journey. And uh, as Jason uh, mentioned at this to- at the top of the episode. Uh, We will finish this journey in two weeks because next week we are so, so excited that we will be having Mike Chen, author of Star Wars Brotherhood, um, recently wrote a short story called Brotherhood in The Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view. Uh, He also wrote a story in The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. I believe he wrote one of the Emperor's stories. Um, I'm remiss. We'll remind you next week when he's on, though. But all that to say, uh, Jason and I both have loved Brotherhood, the novel. Uh, I've read it five times already. It's been out for just over a year. Um, It is second only to the Revenge of the Sith novel for me, his favorite Star Wars novels. And a lot of that is because Mike Chen leans so heavily on the Revenge of the Sith novel and his story. And we are so excited to ask him questions all about that when he is with us next week. And we really hope you'll join us and be back in two weeks for our finale of our musical journey. Absolutely. It's going to be a blast, uh, both having Mike Chen on and then uh, wrapping up the musical journey as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to both uh, in equal measures of different kinds of excitement. uh, If that makes (laughs) any sense. Uh, (laughs) But Carl, um, as we close this out, uh, if people want to weigh in on the, the music that we picked for this journey through the original trilogy, this musical journey, uh, if they want to comment on anything we picked or if they want to offer their own suggestions uh, for uh, pieces of music that they think are key to the journey of the original trilogy, where can people get in contact with us? Well, we are on Instagram at uh, the Wampus Lair. You can also follow us on Twitter at Wampus Lair or send us an email at Wampus Lair podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. And uh, any final thoughts before we close out the original trilogy and this episode (laughs) the journey shall continue 
It shall indeed. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampas Lair podcast. This has been episode number 528, A Musical Journey, part two. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampas Lair. Wampas Lair.